Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falkel with you on a Thursday morning. Robbie's last day for the week here on the podcast. So we'll uh, we'll get our predictions in for sure. Is it? Uh, yeah. Why? Because uh, the Cousins take over for tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well. All right, then. What am I going to do? I mean... I didn't spring it on you. I you guys you... outweigh me by 1,200 pounds. Ton. A literal metric ton. <laughs> and yes, and that's just me and Steven. That's not. I'm not even counting the other three. You just so. sit on me and crush me. Crush you like the world has crushed your hopes and dreams. Yeah, I'm used to it at this point. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our service minimum out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors. I had to take a breath there. Oh. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a stop at Strange Brew Coffeehouse. This Saturday, if you're in Starkville, 8 a.m. Uh, around that time, you're going to start making your way over towards the stadium, starting to get to the tailgate. you got to grab a drink from Strange Brew Coffeehouse. That'll give you the boost you need to cheer the Bulldogs to victory in Davis-Wade Stadium. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Hey, if you're coming up from Jackson, don't you don't have time this weekend to do your shopping before the game. You know, those places aren't even going to be open uh, too, too, too long before the game. Make sure you've done the shopping. Head over to College Corner, two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're original by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. And if you're shopping for another occasion, always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Whatever you're looking for for yourself, your home, your car, or your tailgate, they've got it. Mississippi State-wise, at College Corner. Humble Taco, Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Looking forward to seeing you this weekend. What a great spot that'll be to watch college football Saturday night. Great weather. Fantastic weather here in Starkville today. It's nice. It's cool. The first real glimpse of fall. Man, you sit outside, enjoy some chips and queso or chips and salsa, enjoy a margarita and some fantastic tacos. It's all right there at Humble Taco there on University Drive. Robbie, this is a, a game we're looking at here, Mississippi State versus LSU. This is one of the most important early season games Mississippi State has had in a while, and it's also a very important game uh, for the LSU Tigers. Uh, there is a legitimate chance that the loser of this game is going to finish last in the SEC West. Um, so whoever loses, and, and for Orgeron, I think, you know, and this is sort of the question of the day, is who is this game more important for? There's a lot of questions surrounding that guy. And surrounding his job. That's why I think, and I'll just go ahead and get us started, that this game is more important for LSU and Ed Orgeron because State could lose this game 50 to nothing. They're not going to fire Mike Leach on Monday. Mm-mm. That's not happening. But there is a legit chance, and if you listen to one of the interviews I have up with T Bob Abair, uh, former LSU Tiger and, and now a host of Off the Bench on ESPN 105, 1045 down there in Baton Rouge, he says it. He's like, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a chance that Monday morning 
new coach could be in place if so he they, loses this game. They, they really think that if he loses, he's gone. Like that. I don't know if is, it th- is there that much heat around it. Well, I think when you losing the UCLA game set them on this course because if you lose to UCLA. Can you really, with any reasonable expectation, think you're going to beat Alabama, Texas A&M, Arkansas at this point, Ole Miss at this point? So if you lose those games, that's four games, right? Now you're seven and five. That's going to get you fired at LSU. If you lose this game, now you're six and six. And I'm giving you a win over Kentucky in that situation as well. And I'm, oh, I forgot, they also play Florida. So yeah, now you're five and seven. I think that. The most likely outcome is has his job, but the heat is really on, mm-hmm. and we start seeing stuff surface. Yeah. Ed Orgeron knew that this guy was, you know, stuff that with the with the NCAA investigation, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Well, you know what the real issue with LSU making a midseason change is? Who's the interim? They, yeah. don't have, they don't have an experienced coach on that roster that you could just say, sort of take over. Who, uh, who's their uh, offensive line coach? The guy from Arkansas. He's only been there a couple years. Okay. Hey, he, oh, this is his first year at LSU. Is there one of those old guys that have been around the program through like the last three or four coaches? I mean, Ensminger's gone, right? Yeah, he's gone. Ensminger would have been the guy. Um, In reality? I, I mean, it's probably going to be your offensive coordinator, maybe. This is his first year. Jake Peets, he's like 29. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you, Gosh, I don't do you know, know. You know who the real answer might be? Linebacker coach? Oh, yeah. He's been there the longest. I mean, I don't think you would make Kevin. Is that Falk. DBs? He's a DB. Kevin coach. Falk just had his daughter just died. His daughter I think, just passed so they, away. They're not so going to ask him. Can't imagine he's he's. It's going to be play. Corey Raymond. Yeah, it's going to be Corey Raymond. Well, Corey Raymond's never even been a coordinator, and you're going to make him the interim head coach of the LSU Tigers. Well, they did the same thing. Mississippi State did that with Greg Knox. He's running. That's for coach. one game. I know, but this you is just for the re- this is for nine more games, eight more games. They're just going to have a figurehead, a guy oh. that's going to answer questions, and then everybody else is just going to have to. Yeah, you know. I control mean, think control what they can. Tr- this is control. a really bad situation, and it goes back a little bit to what we talked about last offseason when Zach Arnett was involved in possibly looking in, to go to LSU. That you know, these two guys that took the job, Pete's and 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 uh, oh, what's his name, Durante? Is it is it Bolden? No, he played at Ole Miss. Who was his last name? Jones, Durante Jones. Nobody, nobody well, had heard of these guys. Everybody felt like this thing's going downhill quick, and so they got guys who basically were like, "Look, I'm willing to come on for a year and see what happens, but I'm young enough that I can make another change." And, and Arnett sort of fit that mold as well. If he had lost his job at LSU, he would have been a, a highly rec- regarded prospect elsewhere. Right. But they just don't have any stability here. This is a much worse situation than when Les Miles was there. Oh yeah, big you time. had because that was just you know you just you had were kind of yeah. And also, that was just he wasn't winning at a high enough level. Right. This is now there we got was stuff, other stuff going on. No, we, uh, there was stuff going on with Les Miles that we just didn't we didn't know about. about but I'm right. talking about publicly. Right. We got sexual assault stuff, not reporting it. We have uh, Odell handing out money at games. We have some NCAA stuff here. We have the Our Lady of the Lake stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so much surrounding this program right now. So much noise around it. So much impending possible doom for them which for me remains to be seen right this lsu but there's and there's no there's no ed orgeron that's been a head coach that's been an interim coach that can kind of right the ship or at least keep it steady for a little bit until they can make a decision 
there's nobody there. So this could be an absolute disaster for LSU. And listen, I mean, the the product on the field right now for me is not awful. They're, they've they've won a couple of games. Their offense looked great last week. Yeah, bad team, but they but they got players out there. Yeah. you know UCLA they didn't get blown off the field. They right. they didn't look great in that game, but but UCLA is obviously not great. They're not great, but they're a top twenty five team. Yeah, and they got a good coach. And then you were playing on the road across the country in the middle of a hurricane, where you, after you've been displaced, so. You know, I think that things are just a, just a little unsteady enough that it could really tilt and go downhill quick. But, I mean, you've seen signs of it, but they haven't shown that they're just a disaster right now. But, like I said, could go downhill could go really down quick. Quickly. Well, a loss here, and the writing is sort of on the wall for Ed Orgeron. You know he's going to be fired at the end of the season just because they have too many games coming up that they're going to lose. What, what does that do to team morale? Does, do they rally around him and try to send him out strong? Or yeah, I mean, just, it, it could be like 17. Remember 17, how that one was looking? They rallied around him. Yeah, so, you know? I mean, he has he has that ability a He's little bit. He's a motivator. Bit. I'll give him that. He's a good recruiter. But how long can you mask your issues? Right. You know, he well, he rode the back of Joe Brady. He rode the back of Joe Burrow and uh, and 18 different NFL draft picks. Yeah. In, in a, in and a, he recruited a lot of them. Don't yeah, he did. Wrong. No, he's a great recruiter. But... He just kind of stayed out of the way and let those guys be what they were and let Joe Brady be what he was and let Dave Aranda be what he was. And now those all those people are gone, and he doesn't have the ability to, to just coach everybody up and motivate everybody to the point where they're going to compete for an SEC championship. They have a lot of issues – and it's just going to take the right teams to expose it. Will it be Mississippi State? I don't know. But if it is, that's bad news for LSU. Yeah, and and we'll see. You know, in seventeen when this happened, you know they came to state, they got blown out, they lost. I think a week later to Troy at home, and it looked like it was going bad. But that team was still loaded with players from the uh, the previous season. Darius Geis, you know, not a great person, but a good running back. They still had a lot of those players left over from the Les Miles era. And those were the guys who sort of carried that team. This team doesn't have that. They just don't have that. And especially when you think about LSU, Robbie, and we think about them through the years, well, I mean, what's the first thing you think about? Their dominant running game. Yeah. Uh, going back to, we just mentioned Kevin Falk and guys like him. My cousin. Yes, exactly. You're more famous and better known cousin, <laughs> uh, for sure. But, you know, Jeremy Hill and um, oh, I can't remember that guy's name. Yeah. Uh, there's another guy in between him and Fournette, but Fournette and Geis. Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams. Uh, there was another guy, too, who he, he killed Mississippi State up here in 13. I think he had like three touchdowns in that game. I can't remember what his name was. Um, but LSU has always had running backs, and they've always been really good on the offensive line. We're going to play an interview in just a minute with from, with uh, T-Bob Bear, and he goes into the great detail. But Who this, was the guy after Falk? Davis? Uh, LeBrandon Tofield? No. I'm thinking about... Uh, Derek Davis? No, it wasn't Derek Davis. It was like Dominique Davis. Dominique Dom- Davis. Dominique Davis. Well, they had him, and, and I mean, they had a run there where they were just incredible. I mean, think about that team that had Daryl Williams, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, yeah. Zach Mettenberger. Spencer Ware is the guy I was thinking. Spencer about. Ware. Is the guy yeah, and we haven't mentioned Joseph Adai. We haven't mentioned Cla- Clyde Edwards Hilaire. We haven't mentioned Jacob Hester. I mean, a lot of great Stephen Ridley. These are Charles Scott. These are all guys that have played Justin Vincent, Alfred Blue, 
uh, Allie Broussard, all these guys. This LSU has always been a running back school, yeah. and they just can't run the football. They're very, they're very similar to Mississippi State in that they're just one-dimensional, but, well, but they try to run it more. And John Emery hasn't worked out. That was a big yeah. hit yeah. Um, because they had a five-star running back that was going to step right in after Clyde, and it just hasn't it hadn't worked for him. Last year they weren't good running the football. Yeah. This year <clears throat> still not very good. So and that's their offense is still pretty darn good. They have great receivers all over the field. They have a quarterback that can get them the ball. They have a solid offensive line. But you got for for them to be what they want to be, mm-hmm. you got to be able to be balanced. And that's what they've been in the past. And they're not really there right now. That's mm-hmm. that's one thing they seem to figure out in nineteen. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't. They finally got to the point where they were balanced. Yeah, they they found. They could run and for, pass whenever they wanted. Because remember when they would just have one great wide receiver? Yeah. They would just run the – they would do the toss sweep. They would yeah. do the dive. And then they would just go play action and just yeah. hit and – the, and the guy had like 40 more receptions than everybody else. And then when else. you have three first-round receivers. They finally figured it out. Right. They and finally figured out how to do it. back and a first-round quarterback. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easy with those kind of things. Um, defensively, I think State has a lot of good opportunities in this game because LSU can't run the football. And State's really good at stopping the run as it is. So that leads me to believe State can really put pressure on Max Johnson and really focus on shutting down the LSU passing game. You could have a situation where LSU really struggles to move the football in this game. Who's their backup quarterback? Is it Nussmeyer? I guess it would be. It's got to be, because Brennan's still out. Yeah, I guess that, that would be it. So, I mean... Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just, I was just interested if something happened to to Max oh, Johnson. What real they trouble. Doing? I mean, Nussmeier was a highly recruited kid. He was on Mississippi State's radar for a little while. Right, but you don't want to throw him in there right now. No, it's not on the not on the road in an SEC game against a defense like Zach Arnett's. That's so complicated. You know, you don't you don't you don't want to do that at all. So I think State has some opportunities defensively. It's all about the offense for Mississippi State. Um, you know, Mike Leach talked about Tulu Griffin. Uh, and trying to get him the ball, this it, it really is something to me that State finally has a receiving core in place that is SEC quality, mm-hmm. and they can't utilize them effectively. Do you think anything changes this week? This is LSU secondary. Stingley and Ricks are still there. They've got good players, but there, Jay Ward is supposed to be back from injury. Um, they that should be a motivated group. When you think about what happened to them a year ago, uh, do you think State can have success against this LSU secondary? That's a good question. Uh, they're going to have to to win this ball game, I and mean, they're going to have to hit some big plays to to beat this team because this is a defense that is still, I think, going to be able to fly to the ball because they're they're talented enough to guard Mississippi State. I, I'm interested to see are they going to come out and are we going to just see his own defense the whole time, or or are they going to say, look, we I know we screwed up last year, but we really can guard these guys. Are they going to come out man? I don't. I think we'll see a mixture of a little bit of both, um, but you know, th- there's been so much talk from Mike Leach, even unprompted, about not being conservative, making sure you get the ball down the field. I feel like we're going to see some of that this week. We're going to see some more passes downfield. We're going to see some more chances taken by Will Rogers, and we keep saying it over and over. You're going to throw interceptions. That's fine. He's thrown one interception in three games. That's great. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to have the success that you want to in this offense just managing the ball game, just making sure you don't make mistakes. You're going to have to – look at all the interceptions that Mike Leach's quarterbacks have thrown over the yeah. years. They're high. Yeah. 
But that's going to happen. Look at the well, interceptions that you see in the NFL. You'll take two interceptions if you throw four touchdowns. Yeah. It's if you're if you're throwing more touchdowns than interceptions, you're fine. That's fine. You're fine. You, but you got to take some shots down the field. Right. Um, so I, you know, in the past we've said take care of the football, take care of the football. I'm kind of switching now. Yeah. Let's 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 gotta start be a little more aggressive. Let's start let's start putting your cards on the table and let's see what you can do. I agree. All right, let's move on into this interview. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Don't forget Welcome Home Beef available all over North Mississippi and the Corinth and the Pontotoc areas. If you can find those products on your shelf, well, lucky you because that is some of the best beef you'll ever find. If your local market doesn't carry Welcome Home Beef, hey, they're a Mississippi company. Let's help each other out here. Find out how you can do it. Call your local grocery store. Say, I want Welcome Home Beef, and call Welcome Home Beef to find how you can help them get into your market. That number is 662-268-8148. Welcome home, Beef. It just tastes good. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District, another place that's going to be buzzing this weekend. When you leave Davis Wade Stadium and you're ready to celebrate, head over to Two Brothers Smoked Meats, grab yourself a beer, grab some wings, some tacos, some burgers, whatever it is you're looking for. The food, always fantastic, and it's a great time out there on the patio every time. It's in the heart of the Cotton District, which will be jumping Saturday. You want to be out there. Head over to Two Brothers Smoked Meats this weekend. Advantage Business Systems takes care of you two different ways. They've got an incredible selection of products and services, everything your business needs to thrive, to operate with more profits and less problems. They back everything they sell up with fantastic customer service. The best customer service, the kind you expect to get from your next-door neighbor, which is what Advantage Business Systems really is. They're Mississippi business first and foremost, and they have been for 46 years. Call them today. Find out how they can help you out. That number is 601 601- 362-9192. Visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Let's go now to the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. I talked earlier with former LSU Tiger football player and now the current host, co-host of Off the Bench on ESPN 104.5 down there in Baton Rouge. T-Bob Bear joins the show now. So joining me now at this time, former LSU star player, now the host of Off the Bench down there on ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge, T-Bob Bear. T-Bob, you know, State was not a program you had any trouble with back during your playing days, but since Dak won down there in Tiger Stadium in 14, this series has gotten a lot more competitive. How do LSU players and fans view the Mississippi State series? It's a great question. Um... That's a really good question. And, and, and it's weird because there's certainly like a bit of a carryover effect, I think, from that streak to where a lot of LSU fans like, OK, like, like if you look since that Dak game, is it even? Is it like split three, three? What it's is it? Three, four LSU. OK, so that's what I'm saying. So it's basically even. I think if you were to tell a majority of LSU fans that today, uh, they would be kind of shocked. Yeah, I, I think that there's a bit of um, a bit of leftover kind of hubris from whatever the streak got up to 18 or something mm-hmm. to where when they see Mississippi State, they're still like, oh, uh, well, uh, that, that, that should be a win. And, and even when you look at like last year's games, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, that was just such an outlier when really that has been the case. I mean, you got your ass kicked there in Starkville. I was there for that one a couple of years ago. Uh, obviously, the Dak game in Tiger Stadium. And then uh, last year in Tiger Stadium. So, no, I, I was very pleased with how O kind of has been addressing Mississippi State this week where he's been talking about this is a team right now in LSU that has their antennas up. 
They're not taking anything for granted. They're not taking anything lightly. Uh, they know that they're in for a fight. And, of course, you know, this game, we talked about LSU at SEC Media Days, and we talked about how they didn't feel like there was going to be a middle ground for LSU. They were going to be really good or they were, they were going to struggle this season. The early season loss to UCLA has them sort of off the rails a little bit. How important is this game to LSU's season? I mean, it's, 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 it's massive. I'm sorry about all the background noise. Finally, That's just got in my car. I was weird for leaving work situation there. Um, <laughs> it's massive, though, dude. Uh, I mean, some are out here calling it the biggest game of Coach O's career. Uh, I mean, I don't agree with that, you know, if you coach for championships and stuff. But, like, I get what they're saying, right? It does kind of feel like the Ogeron era is on the line in a game like this. And that was the biggest effect of the UCLA loss is just that it seemingly made your margin of error zero. Because when you look at this team, nine and three, all good. It would have been all good. If you, if, if you could go nine and three regular season, you are completely fine. Uh, everything's moving in the right direction. You know, maybe some bad spots along the way, but you're still fine. You're, you know, you have a bold game, maybe get 10 wins. That's all great. That was the expectation. Eight and four, that's where it starts to get a little muddy, right? That's where I think there would be a real debate after this season, just two years removed from national championship as to whether or not Coach O should be the coach moving forward. Seven and five, just reading the room, what is, is I believe would mean regime change. And why this is so fascinating, the UCLA loss throws off all the maths, right? If you're all the math, if you're assuming that that's a win this entire season, you're like, Okay, well, then you got to go five and three in conference play. You can do that, right? You can go five, three, you end up nine, three. Well, now, if you go five and three, you're eight and four. And even beyond that, this feels like an LSU team that would have to improve drastically to even go five and three. I mean, preseason, a lot of people saw Mississippi State and would have chalked this up as a win. Like I said, kind of hand waving away last year is just a, an outlier in Pelini and this or that. And um, that's not the case anymore. Like, this is tense. People are, on the edge of their seat. People are very nervous about what's going to happen Saturday because you've seen improvement the last two weeks, but it's been against subpar quality of competition, whereas Mississippi State has been in some fights. They've had um, some really high highs, some really low lows. So, yeah, I, I, I would say that, like, State Sa- Saturday's game has the um, – I get so long-winded. Saturday's game has – it sets the entire – tone of the season and the rest of the season and 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 quite frankly a loss could even potentially mean job changes the next day wow i'm not i don't my brain can't wrap around an lsu team that has struggles running the football and is struggling on the offensive line i know for you especially that's got to be sort of a personal thing there why why is this lsu team struggling so much in what has been one of the greatest traditions of lsu football running the football football. well it's been a few things i think first and foremost you're simply talking about a a group that is not the most talented i i mean it's 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 sometimes the answer's just start there. This is a group where um, your center is a transfer from Harvard, Liam Shanahan, who is doing the most with what he has. And he has been a great leader and else you would be in way deeper trouble if they didn't have him. But at the point of attack, what you find a lot of times is that, it, you know, the, the, the raw physical strength required to go man up with the nose. That's not his strong. So that's not good 
in the SEC a lot of times. I think you look at um, – I think Austin Deculus gets bad rap. I think he's a good college tackle. I think the problem is when you start to get past Deculus. These young guys, um, like the, 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 the big recruits that you did hit on just didn't develop. They end up being busts and – then the unheralded guys don't really do. It's just a group that has been a bit under-recruited and underdeveloped for years now, and now you're kind of finally paying the piper. And then you combine that with some play calling that wasn't always putting the players in the best position to succeed. Like, you've seen real growth points for Pete's these first two weeks. Like, week number one, the only ran, runs they called were zone read left and zone read right, like you used to in 2019. Uh, everybody yelled about how you needed a more diverse rush selection. Well, okay, next week, get Warren bosses, you had jet sweeps, you had some other plays. Um, you're still doing this look to the sideline thing, though, where every play you're faking it, looking at the sideline, calling the actual play, and then going. This was causing a lot of uh, kind of a plotting sort of feeling to the offense, the O-line, and the quarterbacks weren't able to make their calls because they weren't getting the call till late. There were some timeout problems and delayed game problems. Well, they got rid of that the, uh, in game number three, right? They're just calling a play, tempo, going with it, and, and, and it worked better. And so you've seen the O-line improve, but at the end of the day, just because of who these guys are asking this O-line, even though it can be better with a more diverse selection and, like I said, just uh, better mechanics in terms of the huddle and the call and everything, at the end of the day, asking this O-line to be successful at running the ball is just like asking a, a fish to like walk on land. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Right. So that's why you're going to see LSU, a la Mississippi State, um, start to supplement a lot of their running game with these like bubble screens and kind of quick hitters that are essentially just uh, extensions of the run game. So if I put you on the MSU sideline in maroon and white, we all know that's your real color, by the way. I love that picture that Rivers keeps tweeting out. <laughs> makes me so happy to see it. Uh, but if, if, if it's Coach T-Bob, give me the game plan for attacking LSU on both sides of the ball. Okay. Um, well, first off, I have no regrets. I love Mississippi State. I've always felt kinship with our brethren in Starkville. Oh, and um, – I had a lot of fun that day, even yeah. getting our ass kicked in the stadium. <laughs> uh, but, um, okay, if I'm game planning against LSU defensively, hell, I'm just going to do what the first three teams did, right? I mean, now it didn't work as well for Central Michigan, and they probably emulated at least, but I'm going to um, – I'm probably going to attack Max Johnson. I'm going to blitz the hell out of him. I'm going to prove what UCLA basically did was force him to say, okay, can you make these right choices under pressure consistently? And then can you put the ball in the right place? You know, and, and, and so UCLA adopted this very, like, if you get us, you will get us big, but we're betting that more often than not, you're not going to get us. And that absolutely played out. And that was the case. So I, I would, I would throw a lot of blitzes at him. I would move my D line a ton. The O line has really struggled with that in terms of slants and games and, shifting right before the ball is snapped. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think all of those have, have have worked very well thus far. And I think that in Arnett, that's a really good defensive coordinator that also there's a little bit of narrative um, uh, narrative motivation there as well for Arnett in that, you know, he is someone who interviewed for this LSU DC yeah. job, didn't go anywhere. And he's probably like, all right, well, uh, I'm about to teach you a thing or two about defense so we'll see big game for him for sure and then on the other side of the ball if I'm trying to attack LSU defensively it's going to be a bit tougher I mean I think I think I think the the, the first the first key is you just have to be able to handle the LSU D line who's looked really good um the first couple of weeks even in week one they had a strong first half where UCLA's line kind of overtook them but 
first and foremost, you got to be able to block that D line. And if you do that, the secondary has been prone to coverage busts. So I'm not even sure that you would have to do anything too fancy. It's just once or twice a game thus far this season, this defense has had a coverage bust that leads to like a 70 yard touchdown. Um, so the main key offensively is can your offensive line handle the LSU defensive line? This is going to be a very interesting game. I, I fear that the loser of this game is headed to last place in the SEC West. Do you see it that way as well? Uh, I mean, it certainly has that potential, dude, right? Because you're not going to sit here and Crazy choose LSU over – I know you're not going to sit here and choose LSU over Arkansas. Uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. for both of us, Ole Miss just looks fantastic. The sexy new kid on the block. Let's not give them any more credit than we have to. Bob, please. Freaking eight-pack abs, and he's got his cool sunglasses, and all the girls just want to talk to him all the time. Well, they just wait. They're going to figure out that he's not all that. He's a jerk, and that yeah. those aren't abs. It's airbrush. He's there got we. a dad bod. Uh, I hope so. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> it sucks though, because like I mean, yeah, Ole Miss looks good, Arkansas looks better, A and M certainly looks better, even with their offensive questions because their defense is incredible. Obviously, Alabama looks better, Auburn's much improved. Like Brian Harson feels like he's done a really good job here early on. So yeah, this this feels like the two teams. These, I mean, without a doubt, no matter where they finish today, as we are recording, this feels like a battle between the two worst teams in the SEC West. Yeah, that's that's really saying something. Of course, it also says there's a lot of quality in the SEC West that these are the worst teams. But yeah, very interesting game at Starkville, uh, to say the least, on Saturday. T. Bob A. Bear, man, thanks for joining me. Really appreciate it. No, Brian, sorry, I, I feel like I was kind of scattered today, but y'all are awesome, man. Uh, I I do have a Hale State portion of my my heart. Um, I just well, there's a dog in my it. neighborhood named after your dad, so. Oh, there you go. So there you go. It, it, it's mutual. It's mutual. There's a dog named A Bear who just I see him all the time. Big great Dane. Well, I love it, dude. Yeah, uh, so. yeah, man. I can't wait for Saturday. I honestly have no idea how it's going to play out. Like, I, yeah. I, I do think I, I think the LSU D line. Maybe it like I think that's the difference. I think that's how LSU is going to win the game. But then again, there's there's even a ton of gambling trends working against LSU. Like all my degenerate friends. One of my buddy's favorite trends ever is when you lose as a road favorite and then you're a home underdog, you almost always do well. And I also was looking at that LCUCLA line like, oh, two and a half, they got that. So I don't know, man. <laughs> we'll it's see. it's going to be a battle. Like I said, my antennas are up. I'm optimistically hopeful. We'll see what happens. Thanks, T-Bob. All right, Brian. Thanks to T-Bob. Great to talk to him. Great guy. Glad to have made his, made his acquaintance and become a friend of his uh, over the past few months. Let's get into playmakers, Robbie. Uh, Will Rogers feels like way too easy of an answer, but I, that's who I'm going to go with for my offensive playmaker. It's it's just this simple. Either he throws the ball down the field or the offense can't work. It, it is it is that simple for me, and he's got, he's got the receivers who can win one-on-one matchups. He's got receivers who can win 50-50 balls. He's got to put some trust in himself, his arm, and his receiving core. If he doesn't do that, this is going to be a long season for Mississippi State. 400 passing yards is a given. It's a given. It needs to be closer to five, and that yards per attempt needs to be closer to 10 than it is to five right now. Will Rogers is the, the offensive playmaker for me. If he doesn't do it, no chance for the state to win. I agree. I think that's a good point. And since you've gone with him, 
I'm, I'm going to have to go in a different direction for the sake of radio. I guess you have to. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with the the tackles. Okay. I think this is a game. I mean, you mentioned Will Rogers has got to get the ball downfield. To do that, he's got to have protection. LSU is known for its pass rush. I know they've lost a, a big piece in Anthony this week, but they're still going to have guys. They're going to be able to filter in guys that are going to be able to get a pass rush. Mississippi State's got to be able to protect. And for the most part, I think they've done a pretty good job in the first three games, but you haven't gone up against LSU. NC State had a solid defensive line. This is going to be a much more talented team. You need Charles Cross. You need Scott Lashley. You need both of those guys not only to block well, don't get penalties. Stop the penalties. Off false starts, holdings, illegal contact. You know, we had a personal foul the other day from Cole Smith. Clean that stuff up and protect. Protect your quarterback. Open up some holes when you do run the football. You need that group to be really good. I think the tackles are going to be huge in this ball game to give Will Rogers, supply him some time to get the ball down the field where we need him to be. To, to win a ball game. That's an interesting uh, pick. I like it, though. What do you think about uh, defensively? Defensively, I, you know, they're going <clears> to <throat> – sorry. Coach Leach here uh, joining us for yeah, the podcast. My, my voice is the, – the weather keeps changing. So. I hear you. Um, defensively, I, I think they're going to throw the ball a good bit in this ball game. I'm going to go on the flip side of the offensive line. I, I think State needs to generate a pass rush – and they need to they need to start connecting on sacks. They're so close. They haven't been able to get it. I'm going to go with Randy Charlton this game. I think he has okay. two or three tackles for loss, maybe a sack or two. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to come up big. He's been so close to making a big play this year. He just hasn't been able to to really get those big plays yet. That he's been in the backfield. I think Randy, Randy Charlton is going to generate that pass rush, and he's going to be able to get back there and hit Max Johnson a little bit. I'm going with a Louisiana boy here. I'm going to go with uh, with Aaron Brule. He had a huge game against LSU last year. That was sort of like the game where we're like, wow, he's really a good player in that first game, and, and he kept that momentum going the whole season. I think they're going to do everything they can to get after Max Johnson. They're going to they're going to throw the kitchen sink at him. Uh, I feel like they're confident in their ability to stop the run and their base sets. So they're going to when they blitz, they're bringing the house. Aaron Brule will be at the the, the point of the spear uh, for Mississippi State. I think he'll have a couple of sacks. And the, and he's he's kind of disappeared a little bit we haven't seen him a whole lot in the first three games i mean he's had some tackles but no spectacular plays just yet you need him to step up and and be what we've expected him to be you know what do you got for uh for an x factor x factor you know i want to say tulu griffin just because that's been the topic of conversation Mm -hmm. but until i see him get those reps on the offense I, I, i just can't do it i need to see it to believe it from mike leach so, I think I'm going to go with Jaden Wally. Okay. You know, we just haven't seen him, just like Aaron Brulee, we haven't seen him really kind of take hold right. of what we thought he was going to be. I don't know if it's defenses keying in on him, if it's, you know, he, he's not going and making the plays, if it's Will Rogers not finding him. But this is a game where, you know, he, he seems to show up in big moments. And I think we've seen – a different receiver really step up just about every ball game. And he had a good game against La Tech late in the fourth quarter, but we need to see four full quarters. I think he's going to be a big part of, of uh, Mississippi State's efforts in, in a possible win on Saturday. If they want to win the ball game, they need Jaden Wally. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I'm going to go with Jaquavius Marks. 
you know, State, State last week struggled with just the one running back. And I like Dylan Johnson, but you need both of those guys in there. So he needs to be healthy and ready to go. And if he is, you know, remember last year, Kylan Hill had a massive game catching the football against LSU. So maybe those opportunities can be there again uh, for Mississippi State. And Marks is certainly an explosive player who can take advantage of those opportunities if they're presented to him. So Marks is my guy I'm keeping an eye on. I think he's a difference maker for, for State on this one. When it comes to the prediction, though, I mean, let's look at, you know, you talked about your predictions. Let's look at my predictions this year. Blowout MSU win. Very close Mississippi State win. Mississippi State loses. Mississippi State wins. This blowout win for Mississippi State, they lose a close game. So let's just keep the trend going, shall we? I don't have any faith in this offense. I'm not going to believe it until I see it start happening. I'm not going to sit here and and take on faith that these plays are going to start happening. So if Rodgers goes out there and throws for 450 on 45 attempts and is moving the ball down the field and the the chunk plays are coming, then next week when we're previewing Texas A&M, I'll talk about it. But this week, I don't have any faith in them to do it, and I think LSU will find some big plays. State is going to blitz a lot. That means guys will be open down the field. Boutte, Smith, those guys are going to have plays. 31-17 LSU. Yeah, I'm I'm same as you. I've every prediction I've made has been wrong, but it seems like that's been the case for just about just about everybody at this point. I don't think anybody knows what to expect from Mississippi State. I, I'm I'm same as you. I just I don't really have a lot of faith in this offense. I don't know if they can um get the job done in a game like this. And until they prove it, uh I'm not gonna pick pick uh Mississippi State to win this game. So I'm gonna go 24 to 14 LSU. I think they all, I think the defense can limit LSU a little bit offensively, but I don't think the offense is going to score a lot of points in this game. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Thanks again to T Bob Abear for joining us uh, on the hotline earlier today. Thank uh, you for bailing me out of jail yesterday for robbing the bank in Renaissance. Well, you know, I want my cut. That's all I'm saying, Falk. <laughs> don't 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 screw me, Falk. <laughs> Don't you dare try to get me from behind on that one. That's not going to happen. I will take you down. <laughs> My cut better be in cash as well. Don't I'll try t- to, Don't wire me any money. I'll take you to a Spotlight Cafe. Deal. All right. Tomorrow's uh, show is The Cousins. Me, Stephen Agostinelli, Chris Agostinelli, John Agostinelli, Marty Agostinelli, plus the People segment with Peter Burns. So a lot of great stuff on tomorrow's show. Don't miss it. Uh, We will be looking forward to talking to you again. And then uh, we'll be back next week. Robbie will be back, obviously, on the Sunday-slash-Monday podcast as we recap everything that happens for Mississippi State. We'll have a lot to talk about next week. We haven't really gotten to the SEC schedule that was released on uh, Tuesday night for 2022. We'll talk about that a little bit um, and a few other things as well. Talk to you guys uh, later. This I'll talk to you uh, tomorrow. Robbie, I'll talk to you next week. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.